good father. Amen? Amen. Amen. He is a good father. Hallelujah. So, for those of you who are here, and those of you who are listening, happy Father's Day. Terry? Oh. So we lift our brother up to you. Lord Jesus, we love him. (laughs) We know that you love him. We miss him. But he's with us and we're with him in spirit. Guard his heart and mind. Give him refreshing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, my brothers and sisters, we're going to be, as usual, I mean, I've over-prepared. I had four pages of scriptures. Don't worry, I'm not going, we're not using, we won't be in all of them. Hallelujah. We won't be in all of them. But literally, I, I, I want you to know that this message, I actually started on maybe three weeks ago, and I didn't know when Father's Day was, in all honesty. And so I just think that all this, would, everywhere that the Lord our God, our Father in heaven, where He's had us in these weeks, um, it, I, this, this, it just, I see this flow, and I hope you do too, but I hope more than just seeing a flow and more than just having some spiritual teachings that may make sense, I hope that the Lord God Almighty, by His Spirit, is working something in you. I, this, this, because without that, it, none of this means anything. My brothers and sisters, we have to give room to Holy Spirit. We have to give. We have to understand. That's why so many of our messages have been centered around, you know, being in a spiritual rut. We need. We need spiritual revival. We don't need a fake or phony thing. We need spiritual revival. We need true visitation of Holy Spirit. We need truly fresh touch. I need it. You need it. We all need it. My brothers and sisters, and I think this just falls in line. So now, with that, I'm going to begin kind of in some of the same scriptures we have been in. First, Ephesians 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And remember, I always want to remind you, and maybe there's someone listening by digitally right now who hasn't heard this, who doesn't know, when the, the Holy Spirit is saying, but be filled with the Spirit, He's saying this is a continuous thing. It's not a one-time thing. Always be in this process of being filled with God's Holy Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, make singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So look, we we see this, we do this in the fear of God. We're, We're submitting to one another, we're showing humility to one another as we're showing humility to God. That's how humility to God or humbleness before the Lord is played out in our lives. Amen? Okay. Tony, did I send you all of these? Okay, hallelujah. So now listen, if they're not up there, it's not Tony's fault, it's my fault, so just hang with me. So then we also, last week, we were in the first church, and, I was, and I'm so taken back, and part of the motivation, especially when we relaunched in 15, was we need to look like the early church, the first church. The birth of the church in Acts chapter 2 was what we should be. It, it, God did not put a, 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 a deadline on when that kind of outpouring would uh, stop. That was the beginning of the church age, and my brothers and sisters, that has not stopped yet. That will stop <laughs> when he appears in the sky, for the Lord himself shall descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That's when the church age ends, when we are raptured out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it hasn't ended. So now let's look at the early church real quickly. Uh, they continued steadfastly, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. My brothers and sisters, this is how the early church fellowship. This is what that church looked like. This is what we need to look like. Well, what, Tony? Steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Steadfastly in the teaching of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And fellowship. Fellowship. You know the enemy of your soul and mine is trying to do everything that he can do to take away our fellowship. The pandemic, we can't go to church. Fully on that. God has meant for us to be together, to fellowship, to strengthen one another. Amen? Fully on that. 
The breaking of bread, both as it relates to sharing of meals, because not all of us, some of us need help with meals, but we share meals when we sit down. And see, in that culture, that that meant more than what it means to us, just sitting down. Man, that was deep fellowship. When I get out of here today, I'm going to sit down with my family, and I'm going to enjoy a meal. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on around that table. It's not just about the good food, which we always have, but it's not just about the food. It's about sitting down with loved ones. There's some joking. There's some kidding around. There's some, there's fellowship. There's people enjoying a relationship with each other there. Are you with me? So that's what this is saying. We in the church, it doesn't necessarily, it's not talking about blood relatives. This is talking about blood relatives related because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Sit down, have some fellowship, breaking of bread, also communion. This is also speaking to that. And in prayers, we pray together. We p- Listen, we pray in our own prayer closet, our private prayer times. We pray alone. We pray to God. We have fellowship. But it also means that we should pray together. We have examples in that early church of what happened when they were in one mind and one accord, when they were praying together and, and, and fellowshipping together. And when they prayed, God shook the place where they were. When they were praising Him, Paul and Silas, I think at that time, when they were in lockdown, they were in the middle of the darkest, dirtiest place in that prison, locked up for doing the work of the Lord. And at midnight, these guys are praying and praising God. And, this, and the Holy Spirit, by the end, shook the place where they were. And people got saved. Because why? Because in the middle of their terrible circumstances, they were lifting up together. Together, they were lifting up God. See, there was two of them there, having fellowship, praising God, worshiping God. So this is what the early church needs to do. Then fear came upon every soul, many, many signs and wonders. The signs and wonders are, are they did not stop. And I'm so tired of well-meaning ministers who are seminary educated who try to minister to me and tell me, well, Tony, these, you know, these uh, signs and wonders are for today. Those signs and wonders are not. Who told you that you could determine which signs and wonders are for today and which ones aren't? The minute you say that this is for today and that's not, you've disqualified yourself. Well, 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 I'll accept healing, but I won't accept tongues or prophecy. Or it, it just, well, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Hallelujah. They all believed and they were together, had all things in common, sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among anyone who needed. So continually, daily, with one accord in the temple. They went to church every day. I can't get everybody to show up on Sundays and Wednesdays. Why? We're busy. We've got things to do. I understand that. Kind of. Kind of. Breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all people, and they added to the church. The Lord added to the church daily. In that atmosphere, my brothers and sisters, Holy Spirit ministering, the Lord will add to the church. We don't have to work so hard as it relates to, listen, Having this program, uh, let's go ahead and have this marketing idea. Do I think that those things uh, are good? Yeah, sure. But if we do what we're supposed to do as his children, that's the best marketing that the Spirit of God can offer. Hallelujah. Boy, that was good. I'm glad this is being recorded right now. Hallelujah. So now today, we're going to go into a different foundational scripture. That was our foundation from last week. So now I'm going to start the message. In 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 8, some of it will be up, some of it won't if I sent it all to Tony. Finally, all of you be of one mind. See, there's that unity. All, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Oh, simple. Oh my gosh, if I start doing this, we will never get out of here. Lock the doors. We're not leaving. No. Listen, just these are simple things that my brothers and sisters, that we used to practice just by virtue of not even being in the church. Just simple manners. Is it being practiced out there right now? No. Not at all. Hardly. My brothers and sisters, now when, 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 when I'm uh, you know, trying to hold a door open for a, a woman's surprise, oh, well. Now, you know, when I'm just, hey, how are you doing? The, after they get over to shock, I'll, I'll get, I might get a smile and say, Hey, good. How, hey, how are you? Strangers, hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you? 
Just be courteous. But now, my brothers and sisters, I'm talking about these things that I'm doing outside the church. Inside the church, he's, te- he's telling us that we need to do these things inside the church. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this. Called to what? All of those things that he just said, right? You were called to this. That you may inherit a blessing. That you may inherit something. There's something on the end of this for you. But see, here's the problem. Too many of this word of faith message and all this other stuff that's been going around, we do these things to get. (laughs) That's the problem. If you're going into it with that mentality, here's what's going to happen. You're going to backslide. You know why? Because you're not going to get it on on the timetable that you've expected, and you're not going to get exactly what you wanted, exactly what you... I'm sowing this because I want that. And then when it doesn't happen the way you want, Guess, oh, that don't work. And so you backslide. And then you're going to plan B, C, D, E, and F. You're doing those other things. Why? Because you're operating in the flesh. But here, if we're operating in the Spirit, I'm looking to please God. I'm doing these things only because it pleases God. And then God will give me the, uh, I will get this inherited blessing that, I, that, that God has already promised me. He's already determined that I'm going to get these things. What things? Whatever things He deems are best for me. Hallelujah. Not what I think I should have. I think that I should be preaching in a church that has 2,000 people right now and not have to worry about managing, not be bivocational anymore and all that other stuff. I'm just, I'm just speaking. Wait a minute. Now, evidently, God has, doesn't have that planned for me. God has something else planned for me. See, again, remember last week... I could see to the corner, he sees around the corner. Maybe if he would have blessed me in that way, maybe I'd be just like a lot of those guys, falling away from him and not preaching the whole truth. Worrying about who's staying because I've got bills to pay, rather than just thus saith the Lord and let it go, so that you can hear the truth and not some kind of a get-rich-quick scheme, or not just kind of a, a, you know, hey, a self-help kind of thing. No, it doesn't work that way. The truth changes us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. You remember, some of you said amen, and you're still saying it, so remember you said that. Okay, so you're going to hear a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. The eyes of the Lord are on who? Amen. You said it. He said it. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil unless they're born again. It doesn't say unless that. It's, if you're doing evil, the face of the Lord is turned away from you. My brothers and sisters, I didn't make that up. He said that. Well, I see that. You know, it's all... Man, listen. God loves you. God loves you. And He is not anxious for you to mess up so He can turn His head away from you. God is doing everything He can, including you hearing me right now, hearing His truth, so that you don't do evil or do the wrong thing that He has to turn His head away from you. God is doing everything again to keep His eyes on you. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, verse 13. And who is He who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. You see that? See, see, see here's the thing. There, there's an order here. Oh, thank you, Tony. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks. Are, are you hopeful? When, when, you're, when you're living your life, could people see that you're, there's a certain little pep in your step, there's a certain little bounce that you have. There's something just a little bit different. When things are going wrong, you're okay. I mean, you still, uh, don't get me wrong, I mean, that doesn't mean that you're always like giddy and happy and, oh, you know, the sky is falling, but there you are in the middle. Ah! No, it doesn't mean that. It means that you don't lose your wit. It means that you don't panic. It means that you're not, oh, no, it's all going to burn. Oh, that, no. You know that, listen, it, it, it's bad. I can see that it's bad, but guess what? This can't ruin me. This will not ruin me. Why? Because God has made me some promises. There are some things that God has in, in assured me of, and He has given, look, Holy Spirit, right? He's given me Holy Spirit as a guarantee of all of these promises. So, you know, yeah, it doesn't look good on the outside, but I know how this ends. 
Hallelujah. I know how this ends. How do I know? He told me. So, I'm always going to... See, now watch. It says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. See, that's, that's, that's this thing that we, we have to do first. Because if we... I, I've had... Uh, when I was in the church that I got saved in, and I was really young and young in the Lord, you know, there were a lot of people who just said if they could speak things, you know, it would be... And so, you know, like, I, I got this big gash on my arm. Oh, I deny this. I'm not... That's, that's garbage. But, but, but I, you know, there, there is a thing. So don't... I want to say this right. Lord, help me. Hear my heart. I'm not saying that we should ne- negatively confess things. Not at all. We should have a positive confession. There's no question about it. I should speak life over things and not death. I should speak light and not darkness. No question about it. But my brothers and sisters, to deny something that's obvious and say, well, nope, I'm not going to accept that, uh, too bad, you're already bleeding. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to be silly, but that's the silliness that... Back me up. That's the silliness that was... No, but here's what I know. This, whatever this thing is, is not meant... Listen, God is greater than that. There are other things. There are other possibilities. I don't have to think the worst. I don't have to fear. I don't... See, are, are you with me? But now watch. The thing about it, I have to sanctify the Lord in my heart. What does that mean? The Lord is, the Lord Jesus Christ is first and foremost. He has preeminence in my life. He's first. Amen? So I'm following Him. He is the King of my life. See, see, you can't have one without the other here, my brothers and sisters. That has to be part of who we are, what we do. If it's not, and see, that's the other thing. If Jesus has been sanctified in my heart, then it's going to be lived out. That's why the Scripture is saying, sanctified Jesus, not in that thing that pumps blood. Not in your heart, the thing that pumps blood. Certify, I mean, I'm sorry, sanctify Jesus in your heart, your mind, your soul, your being, everything that you are. Jesus is held holy. He's the King. He's preeminent in everything. And you don't have to be afraid. Now, look, I, I like what it says, and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. My brothers and sisters, I told you in 2012, and here we are, it's coming, and it's worse and worse and worse. There are things that are happening. They are trying to shut down Christianity. You may think that, no, I'm telling you, that you're going to be able to go have, be a Christian as long as you keep quiet about it, as long as you do it their way. That's the way it's going to be. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, there will be threats. And, and my brothers and sisters, you need to be confident. Not stupid. Did he just say that from the pulpit? Yes, I did. Not, 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 not uh, and have a boldness about you, but not a cockiness. You can be bold and you could be polite at the same time. Alright? So have confidence in what God has told you, but you don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. Are you with me? You can still be polite, but be absolutely sure. Amen? So look, so now I always have to be ready to give a defense for this for this reason that I have this hope that no matter the threats that I'm under, no matter who likes me, who doesn't like me, no matter what I'm experiencing in this realm, that I still have hope. I'm still operating and still walking according to this hope. What hope? What hope? Glad you asked. Titus 1, 1 and 2. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Remember that word, godliness. In hope of eternal life. There's a hope. We have eternal life. Which God who cannot lie promised before time began. God, listen, God already knew before there was ever a time that he created, he already knew that this is how it was going to be. Hope, my brothers and sisters, of eternal life. The first Thessalonians, there are so many scriptures I could give you, but I'm going to give you a handful and then we're going to get deeper. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14, also in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says this, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, those who have already passed away in, in God, lest you, be, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Come on. This is a, a, a little bit tougher of a Father's Day for some. You know, as you know, many of you know, um, Dad Prettyman, we lost Dad Prettyman at the beginning of the year. And so this is the first Father's Day that <clears throat> Michelle and some of us who have 
had relationship with him for all of these years, we experienced it. But here's the thing. It's hard for me to be totally sad. I'm sad. I miss him. But it's hard for me to be totally sad. Why? Because I know that that man sanctified Christ in his heart. I know that that man believed in Jesus Christ. And I know right now where he is. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So look, despite the fact that I miss him, despite the fact that, you know, when I, met, I, I might well up, I might tear up, and Michelle probably will tear up a few times today, but she in her heart knows where her father is. Her father right now is with Jesus our Lord. Amen? This is this blessed hope. You see, well, that's for you Christians. You tell yourselves that so you don't... Listen, I didn't tell myself that. He told me that. And I just get to repeat it to me, to you, and to anybody who will listen why I have this hope. Hallelujah! I'm going to live forever with Him in glory. And you could choose not to believe that if you want to because you think that maybe you're a little bit smarter than we are and maybe, you know, you're just not going to have no crutch. Okay. That's okay with me. You want to live that way. But I'm telling you what. I'm living and I've got this blessed hope always before me. Hallelujah. All right. In 1 Peter 1, 3 and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and does not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. So we have this abundant life with some other things that are waiting for us in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got this hope, you see. It doesn't matter how bad it gets down here. Pretty soon I'm going to be snatched up out of here. And hopefully you are too. I'm going to be snatched up out of here so fast. You know, I'm, not, I'm gone, baby. I told you before, I'll tell you again, if these size nines are on the floor because I'm going to be snatched up, so grab them. If you're still, you can have them. I'm going to be snatched up out of here and where I'm going, I'm not going to need these shoes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First John 3, 2. Now, beloved, we are the children of God. Hallelujah. We have a heavenly Father. And it's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. Hallelujah. When he is revealed. Why? For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope purifies himself. Hallelujah. Just as he is pure. Do you have that hope? Then you should be working as I am, as we are, with the Holy Spirit, God our Father, in purifying ourselves. Continue to get rid of all of this filthiness, this nastiness, this fleshly life that we're living, separating ourselves more and more. Even the Apostle Paul, the second greatest man who ever walked the face of the earth, said, I put my flesh to death daily. Every day we need to go ahead and be mindful of that. Lord, help me today live in the Spirit and not for the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Ah, now we're going to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If you, now, now I'm, I'm, I'll give you a little context, but let me, get, let me just begin this uh, scripture here in verse 6. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. So now, again, this is Paul. Now, Paul is instructing a young minister. And he's, he's already told him, he's given him instructions as it relates to the church himself. And he says, you know, stick to the doctrine that, that of Christ, of faith in Christ that, that you've been taught. Stick to that doctrine. Stick to that doctrine of faith in Christ and grace by faith. These are the things that he's already talked to him about. He's already said to him, you see a pattern of my life. So you'll imitate that pattern. You could see what, that's, what that looks like, right? He told him to pr- make sure that you're praying for all men. He also told them how, how men and women should be dressed, how they should adorn themselves in church. He's given them you know, um, um, you know, instruction on what the church should look like when it meets, when it gathers, how men and women should uh, be in the church. He also gives them qualifications for leaders, leadership in the church and deacons, right? And so that's when he gets to this point and says, if you, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you carefully followed. Then he says in verse 7, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Remember I told you to remember that word. Exercise yourself toward godliness. Don't listen to the garbage. Don't listen to people's, you know, hey, uh, there's some things that, there's old wives' fables. You know, some, it's, it's wisdom that is man-made and not necessarily spiritually or God's made. It's not God's truth. It's just man's wisdom. Okay, so he's saying, don't don't listen to all that stuff. Don't worry about genealogies and all that other stuff. For bodily exercise profits a little, verse eight. But godliness, there's that word again. But godliness is profitable for all things, 
having promise of the life that is now, or that now is, and is of that, and that which is to come. So, so I, I stumbled a little bit there. So let me say this in Tony language. Listen. So look, if you look, godliness, godliness, living godly in this life is profitable for all things. Now, in the life that you're living now. Not so that you could just cash in your you know, eternal life ticket. You're not trying to earn an eternal life ticket now. You're living godly because God has already told you that you have benefits for living godly in this life. You experience the blessing in this life. Come on. Listen, go back to Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. Blessed are they. See, Jesus goes through the Beatitudes. When he's seeing blessed are they, it's not just saying that these people will experience these blessings when they go to heaven. No. He's saying when you live your life this way, when you, when you walk through life this way, with these attitudes toward this life, you're going to be happy. That's what he's saying in that whole thing. And then remember that, and, and he gets down to uh, chapter 6, I believe it's verse 32, Right? What does he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, what things? All of the physical needs that you have, God is going to take care of that. That doesn't, okay, I'm going to, hey, you know, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to say, God, pour out the, no, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. But, it, but don't worry about it. And don't think, oh my gosh. I have to have filet mignon every night. Come on now. Amen. Having the promise of the life that is now and that which is to come. So you get the both. You get to experience happiness. You get to experience satisfaction in this life and the life and eternal life. Amen? Amen. So now let's go to Second Peter. I, remember, I told you to remember something, so please hang with me. Second Peter 1, 2-4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. See, we've been hovering around this scripture for a little while now, haven't we, church? See, by Holy Spirit, we have everything that we need to live godly lives. Listen, now look, and then he goes on, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. My brothers and sisters, you know, why do I have hope? He's already given me a bunch of things. Come on! He's already equipped me to fulfill, remember where we were, remember... Unless you're in a spiritual rut, you understand that we've been given the tools, the equipment, the talents, everything that we need to do what He's called us to do here. Because, we're listen, He's not our servant while we're here on earth. We're serving Him while we're here on earth. He's not to provide for us at our beck and call when we pray and we ask. No, that's what you're, what you're... No. We're living for Him and in the process of living for Him, in the process of serving Him, when we call on His name, He gives us what we need. And He's telling us in this Scripture that as we continue to grow in our knowledge and our faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, He's given everything we need already, well, come on, to live this life for a godly life, right? That everything that pertains to godliness and through the knowledge of Him who called us in His glory and virtue by which He's given us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. So no longer walking according to the old Tony fleshly nature. Now, I have the a capacity to live in the divine nature, to walk in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Through lust. Again, the enemy of your soul, the only tool he has is your lust. He's using your lust against you, just like he did in the garden. Pride of life, right? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, right? So, my, my brothers and sisters, this is so simple but difficult. So now let's go back to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, yes, and all who desire to live godly, here we go, this godly living again. Godliness, godliness. All those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's the problem, my brothers and sisters. We receive persecution internally and externally. Let's talk about the internal right now. I have to fight my own lust, my own flesh. There are certain things that this flesh desires, that craves. There are things that pop up in my thought life. You know, come on, that I have to fight. Right? So that, that, that is a battle that's real. It's a battle that happens. Come on. But I also suffer persecution on the outside. See, and on the outside affects the inside. 
See, you young people, I mean, you know, you could be uh, trying to live godly lives while you're in school, and there's always going to be not just the school now, we have all of the internet, and all of you hear me say it all the time, Snapchat, Instaslam, Facebook, all of the other media platforms that the devil is absolutely using to mess with you. He's using that to mess with you. He's using that to distract you. He's using that to listen so that you will suffer some persecution. What do you mean? Here, you're going to persecute yourself. When you go in there and you start listening to what other people are saying about you, you start caring about what other people... How many likes do you have? How many people have uh, looked at your YouTube feed or whatever it is that you guys are doing now? How many people have looked at that? Blah, blah, blah. You're judging yourselves about what other people think, how many looks you're getting, how many friends you have, how many followers you have. Are you kidding me right now? The only following that should really matter is you following the Lord. And don't worry about who's following you. God will let them follow you. If you're following Him, the ones that God has chosen to follow you, they will follow you. And they're following you where? To hell? No, to Jesus. They're following you where? Uh, the greatest fashion craze or you know, what the greatest language... I, I, sometimes my grandkids have to translate for me what this means, what that means. Right? Because I, I couldn't, what was the, I had, to under, I had to remember, I had to be told what swag, you know, I had to use the word swag, I got to use that properly, you know, because now that I'm in Christ Jesus, I still have some swag, but <laughs> if I said it old school, they don't, they're looking at me like this, you know, some of you old people, you know exactly what I'm saying, but the other people, they don't got a clue, but listen, in Christ Jesus, we have all the swag we need. But the problem, my brothers and sisters, is we don't see it according to the world's standards. And our young people are being told... So, so my brothers and sisters, my young brothers, my young sisters, I love you, but Jesus loves you more than I will ever love you. Listen, He's already given you all the followers that He wants you to have. Listen, but you have to follow Him. Yes. Hallelujah. And don't worry about all of these other people who don't like you, who defriend you, who won't buy, whatever, all that garbage. That's garbage. Yes, all of that will burn. Yes. All of it will burn. Only that which is pure before the Lord will survive. And my brothers and sisters, you are a survivor. See, and here's the thing. You don't have to hope like this. Hope doesn't mean... Well, I'm going to... No, hope means you can be confident. It's confident expectation. You know that you know because God said it and He promised it. You're living a life that's hopeful. That's what the thing, and that's what it is. It's not like who's who's gonna who's gonna you know want ask you about who's gonna ask you about that. But if you're saying yes and amen, God is so good to me. Yes. What? Why do you say that? Why? Why do you that way? Why? Well, Amen. See? And then you could be always ready for this hope that's in you. Why? Because you know God. You're living a godly life. And because you're living a godly life, you're experiencing this relationship with God. You have His presence with you. You have His promises. You can be confident that His promises are backing you up. And so that people start seeing that. What the heck? Hey, what? what? Instead of, I hope I make it. Are you going to heaven? I hope so. You hope! If the, if, listen, let me ask you all something. Hey! Everybody listen, full attention. And then if you're listening over the air, I don't care if this is recorded. You need to hear this right now, and, and you need to answer this truthfully. If the Lord split the sky right now, would you go? If the Lord split the sky right now, would you go? Now, not according to, listen, not, not according to you, well, I'm pretty good, I hear the good outweighs the bad. No, no, no. According to His standard, if the Lord split the sky right now, would you go? Let me ask you one question. Are you bitter toward anybody? You have any oughts toward anybody? You have any grudges? Come on. Let me ask you something. Are you, have you, hey, listen, have you disobeyed, young people, have you disobeyed your parents? Come on. Now, now older people, listen, do you have lust in your heart for another person? You're, out, you're married and you have lust in your heart for another person. Come on. See, come on. I, you don't need me to go through the whole list. But you understand what I'm saying. Listen, are we ready? If the Lord split the sky right now, so listen, it's not, well, I hope so. No, I'm confident. Why am I confident? Because Christ in me, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. He's in me. He's inside of me. He's empowering me to live what He's taught me. Hallelujah. And He's continuing to teach me. Come on now. Pay attention. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now look, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But look what he says. I'm going to give you context now. Look what he said uh, <clears throat> just before that. You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, 
purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lustra, what, which persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. You see what, see what the, now watch. This is what the apostle is saying. Listen, remember, you've seen me. You've seen all of this. You're following the doctrine. You, you see, this, this is what is important. This is what, yes, in all desire to live God in Christ, you will suffer persecution. Why? Well, we are carefully following my doctrine, matter of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, 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 and perseverance. Not, well, I'm going to try this for a little while. It's, it's a little hot. I'm going to have to take plan B, C, D, F, whatever. Persecutions and afflictions. My brothers and sisters, look, this is what I'm saying. This is going to happen. And, be, and, and you didn't back away from it. You didn't change your mind. You didn't, listen, you didn't lose uh, your faith. You didn't try something else. You stayed there. And, beca- and, and watch. And when you live this way, when you, because you want to live this way, you can expect that you're going to suffer persecution. And remember again, the persecution is coming from the inside and the outside. You're going to have to put yourself, your own thoughts, bring it to captivity. So some of those things that you're desiring right now, you've got to say, God... This is not of you, so I need your help. Let's burn this out of me right now. But you've got to be honest. You've got to be honest. 1 Timothy 6.6. 6. Now look, as we, we're, we're in Timothy. This is so good, so strong. This is such meat for us. Now godliness, there's that word again. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. See, look. What's, what's the subject today? Hope. Hope in this life and in the life to come. I'm just not trying to maintain down here so that when the breath leaves my body or he splits the sky, I get to go to heaven. No, it's not about that. I'm living this life of hope knowing that he has equipped me here. He's given me certain things. And now look at when I come to a scripture like this, godliness with contentment is great gain. I've got everything. Uh, it's great gain. I, I've got everything. I, I don't, I'm not in need. I'm not searching for that next thing that, to fill the gap, to fill that hole inside. Godliness right, with contentment. I'm happy to be godly. The godliness is what my, I'm, I'm living for. Are you with me? All right. For we bought nothing into this world, and it's certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we should be content. Did you hear that? Young people, did you hear that? Having food and clothing... Having food and clothing, we should be content. Amen? Right? Have you, are you hearing it? But we're not. But we're not. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Strayed from the faith. So I, I listen. I don't. I'm, I'm, whether you're listening or you're in this room, I don't care who you are. What, I, you can't read certain scriptures in here and not know that. Listen, God is not looking to jerk salvation away from you, but you can choose to walk away from it if you want to. Okay, because this is very plain in what this says that you strayed from the faith. You strayed from walking in Christ Jesus. Okay, so now I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I know that everybody in this room, that you're not interested in straying from the faith. You wouldn't be here if you were. So you're listening, you're here right now. You're not interested in, in walking away from the faith. And so that God is not looking for you to, to jerk the rug out from me. But we're here because we want God to touch us. We want more of God. We want his blessing. We want his promises. We want more hope. We want, all of those things. Everything of God that we can get. So now we're looking and we're seeing and we're saying this, that listen, if you are not content with godliness, you're going to have a problem. Right? Because what, right? Godliness with contentment is great gain. But now if we're looking for that next thing, right? That next thing could be the thing that causes us to walk away eventually, right? Because now we're not after godliness anymore. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, and I know I'm not trying to make any young people in this room feel uncomfortable, but I want to speak to you first. I'm going to speak to everybody. But I want, listen, I would be happy if my mom or dad let me do this, fill in the blank. I'm not happy because mom and dad won't let me blank. I'm not happy. I would be so much happier if mom or dad wasn't so strict. Anybody ever hear that? Moms, dads? Yeah, Dad, you're the only dad that don't let. My daughter thought I was the scourge of the earth. 
because I didn't want her to dress certain ways. To you know, wouldn't let her wear a t-shirt or whatever it was. You know, and then I found out later. You know, ignorance is bliss. All that, all those years, I was great. You know, blah blah blah. And anything I expect, he was very crafty, very sly. He did something. But but Rachel was always. A, so, but then I found out she carried clothes when she left the house. She changed her clothes. <laughs> now, listen. If you had, if she had to do all over again, would she do it? No. No, she's older. She's wiser. So now watch. So now you're older. You're wiser, even though you're young. You're older in spirituality because you're learning from our mistakes and we're saying to you that there was no gain in that. Or we may have looked like everybody else and we may have been comfortable with those people that are not born-again Christians. Come on, come on would, you, would you stay with me just a minute here? So young people, whatever it is that you think, well, I would be happy, but mom or dad this or mom or dad that or we got to study in our house or we got to do this in our house or we got to go to bed. We have to shut off the TV by, or the, the computer by a certain time. Listen, parents, if you're not taking that phone away from your kids when they go to bed, you're making a mistake because if you think they're going to bed sleeping, you're crazy. Here's what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters. Listen, there's certain things that we have to have disciplines over. And it's not disciplines me trying to keep you from doing what you want to do. It's me trying to, listen, keep the guardrails up so that you don't go off the side of the road. So that you don't leave the faith. Come on. Come on. There are certain things, my brothers and sisters, that we just know because we've been in the Lord longer or because we're just older and we've experienced, we've made those mistakes that you're about to make. Don't make them. Don't listen. Don't be prideful and don't think it's just your parents or your older people or grandpa, pop pop, trying to keep you from doing what you want to do. That's not it. We're trying to keep you safe, secure, and humble before the Lord. Amen? Amen. So now, before we go off on all the kids, what kind of an example are we setting? See, because I could talk all day long about what the kids are doing on their electronic devices, but you ain't no different. Well, I've I, I got a couple of them agreeing with me. Are you, are you feeling me? You know, we're looking on Facebook, we're looking on InstaSlam, we're looking on, what is it, all those things. And we're, we're looking on all that stuff just as much as they are. I heard something this morning, well, I'm not even going to repeat it. I, listen, let's just say there are not good things that happen because of that. Are there some good things? Yeah, absolutely. But my brothers and sisters, that's not, we, we can't live by that by that electronic device that we can hold in our hand or that we can sit in front of. Because that, my brothers and sisters, is being used by the enemy of your soul and mine. To do what? To make me bad? No. To work on what's already inside of you. So, what's happening? What are you working on? With what you know of yourself, what are you working on? Are you working on, on putting that to death so that you could walk in godly, so you could be more godly? Now, if you say, I can't, uh, Tony, it's hard. No, well, I'm just reading scripture here that tells me that if we're increasing in our knowledge and we're going before the Lord, He's giving everything that we need to walk godly, including His divine nature. You just got to want it. See, you got to want it before you want that third car, that bigger house, that, that new job, that next promotion, more money, more money, more money. More money. More money. Why do I need more money? Well, I want more things. See, that's the thing. You say, well, the love of money. I don't love money. Well, no, you may not love money, but you've got to have it because there's some things that you love that you need money to buy them with. So when it says the love of money is the root of all evil, it's speaking truth. You say, well, I don't love money. I don't care about money. Well, if you don't care about money, then, you know... Why are you going for that other job? Or why are you, you, know, why, why are you even you know, working more and spending time with your family less? Or, or, you know, hey, I've made that mistake. I'm not without sin here. I've made that mistake. Can't get it back, but I can at least try to impart as much wisdom and knowledge as I can. My brothers and sisters, there are some things that just aren't worth it. And, you know... Taking time away from your kids, away from your family to make more money because you want to give them more things, give them you. And when you give them you, let them see God in you. Amen? All right, so I've covered the uh, kids. I've covered the parents. Let's talk to some now single folks. I don't know if that was an amen or not, but... Now, you know, for whatever reason... If you, if, if, you are in, if you are single right now, you're not single, you're yoked up with Jesus. If you're a born-again Christian, you're not single, you're yoked up with Jesus. 
It's not wrong if you're a young lady or, or an older lady or a young man or an older man. It's not wrong for you to want companionship in this present life. That's not wrong. So I'm not saying, but what's wrong is if you would sacrifice your standing or sacrifice who you are, what you walk, what you look like to get a person, then it makes it wrong. Remember, godliness is the key here. You've been given hope and you've given promises. The minute that you start, listen, the minute that you start compromising, hope goes out the window. Not that God has taken away from you. You don't have it anymore. You've forfeited it. That doesn't mean that it's all over. No, it doesn't mean that at all. But what I'm saying to my brothers and sisters, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. And so now we see all of these scriptures that tell us how we have all of God's promises Right? We have all of these promises and God wants us to, listen, experience satisfaction. We'll use that word. Not just happiness, but satisfaction while we're here on this earth. We have what we need in this life and in the life to come. So look, you might not be in that spot right now. Let's just say, I'm not trying to single anybody out, so I'm just letting Holy Spirit help me say what they need to hear, not what they think that I want them to hear. So Lord, help me. So right now, if you're a, a lady and you think, well, you know, I do have a desire to have companionship of a man, there's nothing wrong with that, but just make, make sure. Let's get two things straight. Number one, lust is wrong. Lust, you know, and, and you know, ha- having sexual desires and, and earthly desires in that way, um, you know, you have to curb those. You have to calm those. You, you just can't. You can't, listen, you can't fornicate and think that, you know, you still have this hope in you. You, you can't. Right? That's not godly. So you can't compromise those things, those issues. You can't. Whether young, old, or anywhere in between. It doesn't work that way. See, I'm sorry to be so blunt. And so, but you know what? I care about your soul. And if the Lord splits the sky, I want you to go. Hallelujah! So men, you men, you, you can't. There's no substitute. You can't say, well, blah, blah, blah. This. No. Uh-uh. You, you better go ahead and make sure that you curb that. And you better go to God and make sure that He's helping. If you can't help it, and don't put temptation in front of you. If you know that that's burning in you, then don't go where you don't need to go and don't look at what you, don't, you shouldn't be looking at. Come on, are you with me? Come on, see, now why did I go here? Evidently, somebody needs to hear it. I'm not judging anybody in this room and certainly not somebody who might be listening, but God knows you. So deal with God and let God deal with you. Amen? Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, wherever you find yourself in whatever situation, oh, hallelujah, wherever situation you find yourself in right now, there's hope. Hope in this life. Not you, oh, i got to sequester myself and hang on because if I don't sequester myself and hang on, I'm going to burn in hell. No, that's not what this is at all. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you now. He's not waiting to see how you turn out. He already knows how you're going to turn out. He's not waiting. He's not waiting and He's giving you everything that you need. You have hope now. Hope for what? To serve Him, to be godly and experience this satisfaction and happiness that you desire. It's not going to be in money. It's not going to be in more cars. It's not going to be in more things. It's not going to be... It's not, that's not where it is. It's in Him. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to... i got so much more I want to do. Hallelujah. Lord, help me now. Listen. We've been there in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, where it talks about being spiritual, that the things of God have to be received spiritually. They can't be discerned in the flesh. The God is a spirit. They have to be discerned spiritually. So that's why I'm saying to you very simply and specifically, we need a spiritual revival. And that's what this spiritual rut and where God has had us. What's your spiritual IQ? Remember where we've been the last four weeks? We're in a spiritual rut. Not just you as individuals at church. Well, we're in all of this. So, so my brothers and sisters, we need a spiritual revival. So then hope revives also. When we have a spiritual revival, you may have hope and you're hanging on, but that's good. But what is your hope in? What are you trusting in? Listen, my brother, that's important. You have to know that you know. And we grow in this knowledge of Jesus Christ, then it's real. Then it's real. And then it could be spiritual. And it has to be spiritually discerned. And it has to be spiritually ascertained. Are you with me? That's what uh, Corinthians says. I'm going to just go to verse 10. But God has revealed them to us. What? He's prepared... I has not seen, nor, listen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the imagination of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. You see that? So we can have an idea 
Why? Because God said that right there, that he's revealed it through his spirit. For the spirit reaches, uh, searches all things, excuse me, yes, the deep things of God, for what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We might know the things that have already freely been given to us. You already had these great things. You already have everything you need. You already have what you need to be satisfied and happy, blessed. Hallelujah. That's what blessed means. Hallelujah. You already have it. But if you're not spiritual, if you're not walking in the Spirit, if you're not trying to live your life spiritually by God, you don't really realize all of this that you have. Not only do you... How can you use something you don't know you have? How can you be blessed by something if you don't know you have it? How do you line up? Well, Pastor, what do I have? Read it. He'll, he, and man, read it and come in here. Because it's, there's no shortage of me preaching, teaching, Holy Spirit, ministering to each of us what we need to know, how we need to know it. There's no shortage in this church. Faith cometh by hearing by the Word of God. So you're going to read it, you're going to hear Holy Spirit in you, and you're going to hear me confirm it by Holy Spirit to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Or you may be listening to your second favorite preacher when you're listening to the radio or something, and then you might hear it then too. But don't count on that. Count on the first favorite preacher. Hallelujah. Just having a little fun. Romans 5, and this will probably... I got more. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into His grace, in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In the hope of the glory of God. See, there's more than just everlasting life. And as I've alluded to earlier on through the Scriptures, that we're going to be like Him in 1 John. We're going to be like Him. We're going to see Him as He is. There's, there's a certain glory that we're, we're going to achieve. No, that He's going to give us. You know why? He's already given it to us. But when we get there, we have this hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. I'm not, listen, I'm going to be, remember, all who, all who want to live godly are going to experience persecution. Um, but in order, uh, listen, in order for me to experience the hope and of, the, of all the promises that God has for me, I have to be godly. And, and, and listen, and He helps me. Remember, where, remember all of these scriptures that we've been in. Spiritually, He's given me everything that I need to live the life that He's calling me to live. He's equipped me. He's blessing me. He's walking with me through it. He's not just going, hey, okay, let's see how you do. No, no, I love you. I'm giving you everything you need. I'm going to walk this with you. And when you fall down, I'm going to be there to pick you up. I'm not going to kick you to the curb. Well, I, I, I'm giving, but now, but you got to do it, right? Okay, so, so, so now you're going to experience tr- trouble. Jesus, what, what did Jesus in his own words, he said, in this world, you'll have trouble. So now, anything that, else that I say, whoa, Christianity, sunshine, lollipops, and your ble- friends, your blessing is right around the corner. Okay, there may be a blessing around the corner, but there's also going to be persecution around the corner. You know, I can't help it. I, now, maybe, maybe I would be more successful if, you know, knocking the walls down and filling a church if I told you how great everything's going to be. It's going to be sunshine and all the But then when you go out there and you're truly trying to live after God and you start getting whooped, well, wait a minute. Well, come on now. See, so my brothers and sisters, listen, did, did, was Jesus lacking credibility? Of course not. He backed everything up that he said. And let me tell you, he backed it up while he was here and then, listen, just to put the icing on the cake and for you and I to have this blessed hope... They locked him up in a tomb, dead. And three days he came out of that tomb alive, and he will never die. My brothers and sisters, listen, this is part of this blessed hope that we have. But we have to know that in order for us to continue to be hopeful, in order for us to stand in this hope, not just, listen, again, not the kind of hope that says, maybe it'll happen, I hope it happens. If I hold my mind, if I hold my mouth just right, if I do just the right thing, it'll happen. No, no, not, not that kind of hope. The hope that says, I got it. The hope that says, I'm already there. That hope. In order for us to have that kind of confident expectation, we're going to have to be persecuted. We're going to have to be tried. We're going to go through some stuff. Anybody been through some stuff? Amen. But here you are. Here you are. Here you are. 
Have you lost hope? No. Let hope rise. There's a song they said sang like that. Let hope rise. Let hope rise. You, you should be among the most hopeful, happy people on the face of the earth. Because no matter how bad it gets, and no matter how much I look at all of that negativity going around me, still deep down inside of me, I know that I know that I know. It can get real bad. It will get real bad. But it ain't going to matter because someday I'm flying out of here. Either I'm going to be in the grave, my body will be in the grave, and it will meet my soul in the sky sometime, or he's going to say, Tony, come up hither, and I'm going to be gone. Either way, we win. Hallelujah. That's that blessed hope. I'm just going to say one more thing, and then we're going to call it. I've got a whole page, a whole other page. Remember. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Right? So we have, hey, don't, lo- don't let the old one distract you. Come on. Listen. We, ha- we have... Let- 1 Corinthians 13, we have all of these spiritual attributes, we have all of these spiritual manifestations, but without love, I'm teasing, without love, right, they mean nothing. Amen? Okay, so now watch. At the end of that chapter, it says, now abide at these, faith, hope, love. The greatest of these, love. Look, my brothers and sisters, everything that we have in Christ is by faith. Amen? And so look, if you're waiting for that thing to reach out and touch you, if you're waiting for that aha moment, stop. He's, he's, he's already spoken to your heart. And you know. And you know how I know you know? Because if you've been in, listening to the sound of my voice, you've been listening to God urging you, giving the unction, telling you that He loves you, that He has, he, his, he has promised you so many promises. He's equipped you. So you don't have to wait for that aha moment. It's already happened. God has already, met, God has already spoken to your heart. So st- what are you waiting for? Don't, don't wait for that aha moment. Now abideth faith. Faith by faith. Receive all of these promises and these blessings. And then you have hope. And then when the trials and the tests come, you know that you're not alone. By faith, you know that God has blessed you with all that you need to be godly. Even His divine nature, He's imparted to you. He's even come to live in your heart and bears witness that He is your Father. Amen? And then last... Love. Love. Love with an unconditional love. It says in Romans 8, and you've heard me quote this before, and you know it by your heart. Listen, how he who freely gave, he who gave up his own son, how will he not freely give us all things? Everything that you need. He, he loves you so much. In this, the love of God was made known to us. God loves you so much. And He's provided so much for you. How could you not be hopeful? But it starts with your faith. Right? Now abide with faith, hope, love. Lastly, He says that we know love if we love each other. So do we need to come to meet together? Absolutely. Remember where we started. Remember what that early church was doing? They were meeting with each other every day. Am I suggesting that we be here every day? I don't know, maybe. If the Lord leads, absolutely. But we should meet here. We should meet here off campus. We should enjoy each other's company and have fellowship and Jesus be the center of it. Oh, that doesn't mean that you know one of us needs to be standing up and preaching all the time. No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that we should praise Him, acknowledge Him, pray to Him when we're together. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Speak the good things of God. We can enjoy our common everyday experiences, but always, always with the tone and tenor that God is in charge of all. God is our Father. So, yeah, I didn't plan on a Father's Day message. I didn't want to give you a, you know, a little handout about Father's Day. No. But it ends up that we have this loving, gracious, heavenly Father who has given us everything that we need to be happy and satisfied. And he's in the middle of all of these tests and trials that the enemy is trying to pull you away with. He's saying, you withstand that with me and at the end of this you'll have more hope. 
You're going to be more confident. You're going to have more expectation. So at the end of this, it's not going to shake you. It's going to make you more determined. It's going to make you more happy. It's going to make you more blessed. Why? Because I carried you through that one. So all of these other promises and all of these other things, all of these other situations that you're going to, I'll I'll be there with you, that one too. Amen? Stand with me, please. So the praise team can come back. I don't even know if you have a song. What song? Well, I'm going to pray for some backs and some, uh, some hips and necks and everything else because did you hear all that grunting and groaning when, the praise, when everybody stood up? <laughs> Sound like me in my house after I cut to do all that yard work. <laughs> but with all seriousness, with all seriousness, listen, I love you guys, but, the, but God loves you more. And so I know that Holy Spirit ministers and I know that whether you're in this room or you're listening, the Holy Spirit's ministering. But don't listen. Don't quench him. Don't, don't stifle him in any way. Man, as this song is, we should pray for one another. And don't be so prideful. Like if you come up and we pray together, people are going to think bad of you. Who cares what they think? I need prayer. I don't care. I'm telling you, I need prayer. Okay? So don't worry about who, what people think. If you want to pray, let's, let's touch and agree. Let's just agree. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, He's never been sanctified in your heart. Listen, I'm not talking about you went up there when you were knee-high to a grasshopper and you said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I'm not saying that. Or you just prayed this prayer, but you really didn't know. Listen, what I'm saying to you is, if you know in your heart right now that Jesus, that you're not born again, that you don't even know what born again means. Man, you need to become born again. Please, don't let this moment pass you by. If Holy Spirit is ministering to you, come up. Receive God. Sanctify Jesus in your heart. If you've walked away and you know you've walked away, or you've done some things you know you shouldn't have done, man, if you want to come down, please come down. I'm not saying you've got to confess your sins. I'm not your priest. I'm, I'm not trying to make fun. Or, or, no, but let's pray together. It says confess your sins one to another. My brothers and sisters, this is being humble before God. We, we, we are humble and submit to each other and we're humble before God. We can pray and when we touch and agree, we bind and we loose and what we bind and loose here is bound and loosed in heaven. So, so, so if you believe that, don't let this moment pass you by. Amen? Come down as the music's playing. Let's pray. Let's get it right with God. Let's make sure that if that trumpet sounds, you're going to hear it. Amen? Amen. Let's praise Him.